appendix a of garibaldi and the making of italy by george macaulay trevelyan this librivox recording is in the public domain the russell manuscripts by the great kindness of mr rollo russell to whom as to his sister lady agatha russell i am much indebted for materials for the history of eighteen fifty nine and eighteen sixty i have been allowed to see the private correspondence with italy of lord john russell while secretary of foreign affairs i have spoken on pages twenty eight through thirty above of the very great importance of these private letters more particularly those of henry elliot the british minister at naples and sir james hudson the british minister at turin we see in them the process by which british statesmen were induced during the course of garibaldi's expedition of eighteen sixty to accept the idea of italian unity contrary to their previous views and intentions russell palmerston and gladstone had long been friends of italian liberty but they did not see that unity was the condition of liberty until they were convinced by events and by the letters of hudson and elliot who were themselves converted to the doctrine of unity only by garibaldi's success in sicily the following extracts and analysis will interest the student and even i think the general reader eighteen sixty may first hudson to russell from turin garibaldi still at quarto preparing to sail for sicily i feel convinced that both france and austria mean mischief france will not tolerate the substantial aggrandizement of this country and its institutions and austria yet dreams of reconquest if you abstain in sicily and at naples italy in my opinion has not much chance of being left to the italians may fourth hudson to russell two days before garibaldi sailed hudson encloses a letter of mr fenton's from florence dated may second narrating on fairly reliable evidence that victor emmanuel at florence had said that he would be at naples before the end of the year hudson comments i quite believe that he is capable of saying so because when he received a sword of honor from the romans he said andremo alfondo and because also he is in the habit of blurting out just what happens to be present in his mind at the moment may eighteenth hudson to russell garibaldi in sicily not yet in palermo three days after calatafimi hudson advises against the union of north and south italy because one naples cannot be ruled from turin or florence with the papal states intervening this objection of hudson's was removed in september when the piedmontese overran and annexed the papal marches and umbria two the neapolitans are too corrupt and the entire civil and military administration is so abominable that their jurisdiction with north italy where honesty is the rule in public affairs would merely produce a social decomposition and then a political putrefaction we must therefore argues hudson find a meso termine in order to arrive at the end russell desires viz to check the marat party and the french designs on south italy the mezzo termine recommended by hudson is a prince of the house of savoy on the throne of naples and sicily guaranteed by france and england this is to be got by amicable representation at naples by france and england which would result in either the grant of a constitution or an abdication either would do but the latter would be best for then a prince of the house of savoy might be put into the vacant throne 
i believe cavour heartily desires an anglo-french intervention at naples i cannot go and speak to him on the subject but i have caused him to be sounded and i have myself sounded some of the best and wisest heads on the matter the above is the result here we see that as late as may eighteenth eighteen sixty hudson himself was not in favor of italian unity may twenty seventh hudson to russell the day garibaldi entered palermo i received your telegram this morning instructing me to ask cavour to stop any more expeditions from genoa and tuscany he told me some days ago he would not permit any repetition of the garibaldi expedition and i believe him if so hudson was unusually credulous for cavour was at the moment helping his friends to fit out the expedition of medici may thirty first hudson to russell first day of the armistice at palermo hudson discusses whether there is truth in the rumors that italy will make further concessions of territory to france in return for venice or the south cavour denies it and hudson believes him for my part my belief is based not upon cavour but on cavour's necessities you speak of cavour as though he were the dictator but he depends on public opinion the deputies supported him in the session of savoy because they knew they must pay france for central italy and because the greater part of nice is french in population and savoy is as reactionary as ireland or the vatican but he could not command fifty volts to give away sardinia or genoa the king told me that he had made the sacrifice of savoy and nice with a heavy heart but there was no means of avoiding it he added that he had paid his shot to france and he would hang the first minister who proposed to make another session supposing the king's word is worth no more than cavour's why should venice be worth genoa in my opinion genoa is the real tetupin of the king of sardinia's dominions to give genoa means to give spezia in which case there is no italy at all and the italians have no intention of changing an austrian master for a french one cavour and farini were here with me for an hour last night they went over the whole question of italy and her independence they came here with a telegram announcing the fall of palermo i did not detect a word which smacked of further sessions to france but i perceive very clearly that the more you hang back the more easy do you make the propagation of french notions in italy upon whom can the constitutional party in italy lean on save upon us and if we refuse to allow them to lean upon us you force them to lean upon france consequently if you abstain from interference in some shape or other in these sicilian movements you leave a free field to france june second elliot to russell from naples during armistice at palermo it is extremely fortunate that the protest of the admiral mundi against the bombardment was not listened to for if it had been abandoned on that account the success of insurgents would indubitably have been put upon our shoulders but nevertheless as it was not listened to i am delighted that the protest should have been made i do not feel much fear that the bombardment will be renewed but it was charming to see how his defence was taken up by the nuncio who gesticulated in favour of shells and shrapnel till his purple stockings got almost scarlet with excitement july tenth elliot to russell more than a month after the fall of palermo elliot says he is favourable to complete annexation by piedmont 
either by means of garibaldi continuing his career of victory as he will do if the sicilian settlement is delayed till he has crossed the straits or else as elliot would prefer by piedmont declaring open war on the house of bourbon if piedmont would come forward openly and say that she intends to take up arms for her sicilian brothers i think it would simplify matters much for the whole concern would probably tumble down without much further trouble and it would moreover be an infinitely more manly and credible course the treaty ceding sardinia and genoa to france is apocryphal and comes from vienna but false rumours as elliot have often preceded such objectionable pretensions of france july sixteenth hudson to russell from turin four days prior to the battle of Milazzo. the unionists of north and central italy that hold policy because they see in it their principal means of escape from all foreign influence and for my part i cordially and entirely agree with them for the very same reason that heretofore i advocated the annexation of tuscany because now that the notion of a prince of the house of savoy has been set aside by the force of circumstances i do see very great danger in the balance of power in the mediterranean if france should in the midst of the neapolitan confusion find a means to place a creature of her own on that throne or on both of the sicilies as to further compensation of france in the event of annexation of one or both of the sicilies cavour exclaimed vehemently only last night i will guarantee that nothing of the sort shall happen i want italy for the italians not for the french i replied that you were of opinion that if he only ran straight all would yet be well and to this he solemnly declared that he would run straight july twenty second farini to russell from turin farini cavour's principal colleague writes solemnly denying rumours circulating in europe that italy and france are negotiating for a cession of sardinia and the ligurian coast to france july thirty first russell to farini from chesham palace sir i beg to assure you that i entirely believe your denial of the sinister rumours which have been spread but we know that count cavour thought himself compelled to yield contrary to his declarations on the subject at savoy and nice so that many say what happened once may happen again for the present i entirely disbelieve any secret treaty july twenty fifth ricasoli to russell from florence ricasoli writes to thank lord john for his support of the italian cause la regeneration italiane repose uniquement sur son unity will you lose bien entre persuade my lord il ne de salut pour l'europe que dans l'italian nation et il need a pas de nation que dans l'unity july twenty seventh hudson to russell garibaldi's army victorious at Milazzo on the twentieth is arriving at messina on the straits to state what are the plans of cavour would be to do that which he himself would not dare to attempt for my belief is that he has no plan he is a waiter upon providence and the chapter of accidents the general aspect of affairs is a complete imbroglio for which there would as a choice of evils appear to be no other remedy than annexation if therefore i am an advocate of that principle it is rather because it appears to me to be less prejudicial to the british interests of which you remind me that the anarchy of sicily and naples and the discontent of northern italy 
July 28th, Elliot to Russell. Three or four days after Laquita's visit to Russell's house. The Martino is evidently much vexed that you will not join in preventing Garibaldi from crossing the straits, though I scarcely think he can have really expected that you would, as I have over and over again told him not to reckon on any such help. July 31st, Hudson to Russell, Garibaldi still at Messina. A long-reasoned letter to prove that the unity of Italy is in accordance with British interests. To constitute Italy under duality is not easy with public opinion opposed. I was then a dualist. I continued to be so till the capture of Palermo. I then proposed a prince of the House of Savoy. You received the notion coldly and did nothing to promote it. The tidal wave of unity which the victory of Palermo set in motion carried that idea to the frozen sea of diplomatic nostrums. The Neapolitans are turning to Victor Emmanuel as the only man to save them from anarchy and civil war, plunder and massacre, and licentious foreign soldiery, and a degraded mob. After stating many suggested solutions and the objection to each, he writes, it is not then my sympathies with Italy, but my sympathy with the British interests, which lead me in the face of existing circumstances to advocate the least prejudicial of these various issues, the unity of Italy. The interests of Italy turn naturally rather towards Germany than France, provided Germany will allow her. There is no reason why Austria should not give a real efficient protection to Italy. They have great interests in common, and they have a common danger, France. But then this protection should be a moral one, not such an interest as Rudolf of Habsburg tried to create in Italy by corrupt bargain with Rome. It should be a protection shared by England and Prussia, with no other guarantee, no other pact than that which springs from natural necessities shared in common and felt by all. If Austria would consent to cede Venice, she would find security, compensation, and safety. She would establish her finances and gain a barrier on her western frontier, which would be impregnable so long as England is mistress of the sea. Such a league of Austria, Prussia, Italy, and England, argues Hudson, would put an end to all our fears of French hegemony. In view of the argument used by Hudson in this letter in favor of Italian unity, Compare the letter of Lord Palmerston on January 10, 1861. Upon the subject of Italy, Your Majesty reminds Viscount Palmerston that he stated last summer that it would be better for the interests of England that southern Italy should be a separate monarchy rather than it should form part of a united Italy. Viscount Palmerston still retains that position because a separate kingdom of the two Sicilies would be more likely, in the event of war between England and France, to side, at least by its neutrality, with the strongest naval power, and it's to be hoped that such power would be England. But then it would be necessary that the twin Sicilies, as an independent and separate state, should be well governed and should have an enlightened sovereign. This, unfortunately, has become hopeless and impossible under the Bourbon dynasty, and no Englishman could wish to see a Marat or a Prince Napoleon on the throne of Naples. The course of events since last summer seems to have finally decided the fate of Sicily and Naples. There can be no doubt that for the interest of the people of Italy, and with a view to the general balance of power in Europe, a united Italy is the best arrangement. 
the italian kingdom will never side with france from partiality to france and the stronger that kingdom becomes the better able it will be to resist political coercion from france the chief hold that france will have upon the policy of the kingdom of italy consists in the retention of venetia by austria august eleventh elliot to russell garibaldi still on sicilian side of straits of messina villa marina told me this morning but again swore me to secrecy that victor emmanuel has just received a letter from prince napoleon saying that the time has come for securing the independence of italy courage on your part is all that is now required but elliot adds that the piedmontese government frightened of the men around garibaldi have instructed villa marina to do all he can to prevent garibaldi from coming over but without letting it appear as if piedmont was doing so the object in this is to get a revolution in naples for annexation without a garibaldian dictatorship but elliot prophesies correctly that the neapolitans have so little pluck that the attempt to anticipate garibaldi will fail august twentieth elliot to russell garibaldi just crossing the straits the only tolerable situation which i see remaining is that there should be war between naples and sardinia the former dare not quarrel and i am afraid the latter may continue to think it more profitable to go on working underground but open war would be infinitely more credible and it would avoid the dangers both of messianism and reaction through which we shall otherwise have to pass if this were to be done naples would be settled but we should then have the affairs of rome and venetia which must arise out of the annexation of naples if the neapolitans shook off their king for themselves it is perhaps possible that they might be induced to be satisfied with the second son of victor emmanuel but there is little chance of their doing their work for themselves and those who do it will impose the new arrangement on them viz annexation august twenty fourth hudson to russell the expeditions of garibaldi have ceased bonafide and as the fine weather has set in the country people are thinking more of their harvest than politics turin is deserted the king is in the mountains shooting chamois and nearly all the diplomats are gone too and cavour was meanwhile making his final arrangements for the invasion of the papal states i wonder whether hudson really knew this september first elliot to russell from naples six days before garibaldi entered naples narrates discovery of what is called count trapani's reactionary plot which has led to the resignation of the constitutional ministers but their resignation is not yet accepted the national guards almost insist on the ministry remaining in and say that if it does so the tranquillity of the town will be guaranteed by them but the ministers or rather di martino insist on going and say that if the king becomes privy to plots for their arrest which was part of the programme of trapani's plot they cannot remain in to please the national guard or to become the government not of the king but of the people in a few hours it must be settled one way or the other i cannot yet give any true details of this plot but the french connection of the leaders both of it and of count aquila's is a remarkable feature the most prominent man in the present one is prince castropiano and prince ischitella is also said to be in it and both of these men i pointed out to you as devoted to french interests 
it was also a frenchman in whose rooms the compromising papers were found and i believe brenier has called for his liberation in fact on all sides there is an atmosphere of intrigue that bewilders me september seventh hudson to russell day of garibaldi's entry into naples a few days prior to cavour's invasion of papal states cavour must choose between one of the horns of his dilemma either intervention with victor emmanuel or anarchy with garibaldi of course he chooses for the former but we see now what the garibaldi expedition has produced cavour told me this morning that he would willingly have avoided all this but being determined not to let garibaldi and the mazzanians get the whip-hand he is forced to resort to extreme measures in order to avoid the venetian difficulty when i read your dispatch to him this morning he said believe me garibaldi shall not attack venice if venice is ever attacked it will be by an italian army i have no intention of attacking venice and this lord john may rely on this appears to mean he will attack venice when he is strong enough to do so but that day appears to me to be distant october sixteenth elliot to russell a fortnight after the battle of the volturno general tour who is garibaldi's right hand says that the town of naples furnished eighty fighting men to garibaldi's army of twenty thousand italian volunteers at the front protecting naples october thirtieth elliot to russell last days of garibaldi's dictatorship no change of any kind has taken place here since i last wrote except that the necessity of having a government becomes daily more and more apparent and each day adds immensely to the difficulty that will be experienced in setting matters a little straight after the universal and wholesale plunder and confusion which is by degrees becoming a system october nineteenth hudson to russell victor manuel advancing from ancona to naples the king has sent me through the general Soroli a message to the following effect that considering the jealousy with which his constitutional system of government is regarded by most sovereigns and especially by austria russia and france and the lukewarm support of prussia he has no one to rely on for moral support save england and he would esteem it as a favour if on his arrival at naples he could be supported by a british representative the moral support was forthcoming in lord john russell's famous dispatch of october twenty seventh it contained the sentiment it appears that the late proceedings of the king of sardinia have been strongly disapproved by several of the principal courts of europe but her majesty's government must admit that the italians themselves are the best judges of their own interests the publication of this dispatch produced in italy the effect recorded in the following letters november second hudson to russell cavour begs me to make you his warmest acknowledgments for your dispatch number one ninety five yesterday it would have done your heart good could you have seen him read your number one ninety five he shouted rubbed his hands jumped up sat down again then he began to think and when he looked up tears were standing in his eyes behind your dispatch he saw the italy of his dreams the italy of his hopes the italy of his policy november twelfth elliot to russell for the past week naples and i believe italy have been more occupied about your dispatch to hudson than about anything else and though you must have been in great measure prepared for it you can hardly quite have expected the immense sensation it has made 
villamarina's first exclamation was that it was worth more than one hundred thousand men and king victor emmanuel appears to have spoken to admiral mundy in terms almost as strong november sixteenth cavour to russell thanking him for the dispatch le moral que vous nos prétez d'accepter constant suprême nous permettra j'espère d'establir sur des bases larges solides l'édifice de la nation italienne ma viva reconnaissance pour le service immense que vous venez de rendre à l'italie mr otto russell to lord john russell rome december first eighteen sixty my dear uncle ever since your famous dispatch of the twenty-seventh you are blessed night and morning by twenty millions of italians i could not read it myself without deep emotion and the moment it was published in italian thousands of people copied it from each other to carry it to their homes and weep over it for joy and gratitude in the bosom of their families away from brutal mercenaries and greasy priests difficult as the task is the italians have now before them i cannot but think that they will accomplish it better than we any of us hope for every day convinces me more and more that i am living in the midst of a great and real national movement which will at last be crowned with perfect success notwithstanding the legion of enemies italy still counts in europe your affectionate nephew otto russell while this book is being printed in nineteen eleven an important document has come to hand through the kindness of mr william warren vernon who finds in his diary under the date february twenty second eighteen seventy the following contemporary entry reached the hotel vittoria at san remo at five thirty we dined with lord and lady russell who live close by lord russell is looking very well lakita he and lady russell discussed how in july eighteen sixty when persini was trying to induce lord john to stop garibaldi's landing in italy from messina he lakita being very ill at the time managed to see lady john who was ill in bed she however received him and sent for lord john who was mightily surprised to find lakita there who immediately attacked him on the treaty he was supposed to be arranging with persini to have an anglo-french fleet in the straits of messina to prevent garibaldi from crossing to italy after a long discussion which nearly exhausted tino who was very ill lord john said to him go to bed and don't be so sure that i'm going to sign the treaty yet tino went home to bed and two hours after george elliot then lord john's secretary came to tell him from lord john to be of good cheer tino took the hint sent for diazelio and dictated a telegram to cavour implying that the intended treaty was at an end garibaldi was accordingly undisturbed how few people knew that this was owing to lakita i myself heard lord john russell confirm the story this passage from mr vernon's diary puts the story beyond all possible doubt by proving that lord and lady russell bore out lakita's account of it with the hudson letter the chain of evidence is now complete End of appendix a